All right. A Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Keeper Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Keeper. Greetings out there, everybody. How are you guys doing? Welcome to a new episode, a new week. Hopefully, your guys' week out there is going well. And this is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC. Dot com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Thank you guys for joining me once again. It's been a great but very busy year over here at Kiefer Inc. Testing. And this is your top five mods for the KX250 and KX450. And I'm going to give you guys a little bonus feature and talk about the new Renthal Fat Bar 36 Bar. We'll kind of go over that and tell you what to expect if and when you guys go to that bar. But first things first, let's pay some bills. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, free three-day shipping, over 75 bucks. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one-stop shop out there. You guys want to go there, you guys should do it. It's a great place to go. But first, you guys need to go over to keferinktesting.com, click on the Rocky Mountain ATV MC banner, and that'll direct you over to their site, and you continue to shop. What that does is gives us a little kickback here, what you guys are shopping for, and it helps us along the way. It lets them know that, hey, you're listening to keferinktesting.com and that you appreciate what we're doing over here. So thank you guys for doing that. It's been working out really well. I've got a lot of feedback. So for those of you who went shopping over there, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Don't forget, as always, Fly Racing, flyracing.com, and it's snowmobile season. You freezing your balls off or your ass, go to flyracing.com and check out the snowmobile wear. And if you're a BMXer, they got that too. Go shred the jumps, the track. Go check out flyracing.com. And, of course, if you're a moto moto guy, dude, I don't need to say anything. Light hydrogen is where it's at. No matter what age, no matter how big or small, light hydrogen is a great set of gear to wear. Go check them out. And if you guys are looking for a great helmet, Fly Formula Helmet, that is on my head in 2020. I love it. It's comfortable. It's light, super ventilated, a little bit cold at times. But they do have plugs, so you guys can plug those up. But go check all that stuff out over at flyracing.com. Racetech engines and suspension services over at racetech.com. Go check that out as well. You guys are looking to get your suspension revalved or redone or rebuilt. Racetech is the place to do it. It's so easy to do. And, of course, if you guys want to get your engine done, they do that as well. Andrew over there is a wizard. So if you guys are looking for a deal, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I will get you in touch with someone over there at Racetech and knock off some dollars on your next order or engine or suspension service. That's what we do over at Kiefer Inc. Testing. So, again, this is all about the 2020 KX250 and 450 top five mods for each. I'm going to bring my buddy Joe Aloff in here to talk about the KX450, and I will be talking about the KX250 to give you guys some relatively inexpensive ways to make this thing a little better with these 2020 top five mods i'm trying not to go too gnarly on the wallet book here i'm going to try to keep it low cost as much as i can but also got to think about you guys out there that want to actually do stuff to your motorcycles i understand that motorcycles are expensive but i just want to let you guys know if you guys are planning to get some aftermarket parts here are the things that make your bike better Again, with all these top five mods, I always tell you guys this. You don't need to do all this stuff if you don't want to. Just simply go ride, set your sag, have fun. That's it. That's great. But you do got to set your sag, so make sure you do that. But if you guys are looking for some stuff, here's what it's all about. 
Also, before we get this thing jump-started, I told you guys that I would talk about the Renthal Fat Bar 36 Handlebar. You guys can go check out that review over on PulpMX.com that I did. But I did happen to ride with that sucker a couple days on some rough tracks out here near my home, and I just wanted to get you guys some feedback. I am a very, (laughs) very uh, mental person when it comes to handlebars and rider triangle, and I'm just a tech geek when it comes to handlebars. Uh, Paul Parabinos is Renthal's guy now. He was over at Pro Taper. He has switched over for 2020 and got a new job. He is Renthal's uh, U.S. marketing guru. He knows a lot about handlebars, so good on Renthal for grabbing him. But um, I wasn't too stoked, honestly, for uh, a lack of a better word. I wasn't too stoked on Renthal's products in the past. Fat bar and twin wall handlebars are just simply a rigid feeling handlebar. I've always liked Pro Taper products better just because I have a lot of flex. I have a lot of feel on the ground and that's why I chose Pro Taper for the most part. So when Renthal introduced this new bar last Friday, um, the day before Anaheim 2, the technology behind it's pretty cool. You can read all about that stuff over on keyforingtesting.com or pulpmx.com, but it is a 36 millimeter diameter uh, clamping surface, so it is much larger than the current fat bar, which is 28 millimeters. It's up to a half a pound lighter than the fat bar. There's a lot of unique features to this handlebar, but all of that means shit to me if it doesn't work on the track. So there's a little caveat here. Yes, you cannot put your current uh, bar mounts on your bike to accept this handlebar. You have to run Renthal's bar mounts, some of you guys are actually saying right now, fuck that, I understand it, I get it, but this is how it's going. So it's 89 bucks for a bar mount, it's $180 for the Renthal bar, and there is a lot of technology behind it. They are putting this handlebar under the R-Works banner, which is basically their top-of-the-line race-spec uh, products that they're going to be offering in the future. So this handlebar is under that umbrella, which means it is strictly for racing-oriented type of people. If you're a blue-collar average guy, you can simply forward this podcast a little bit and get to the KX stuff. But um, for you guys out there are techie, want lightweight, looking for the best of the best, this handlebar is more directed to you guys. So uh, getting the handlebar on, I, I chose a 934 band Renthal has a little bit different way of doing their dimensions this year. You can go to Renthal.com and figure that out, or you can actually go to Pulp, and that we will tell you about that. But the 934 bend is like a KTM current bend on a Renthal handlebar. So it's as close in dimension as I could get to my favorite bend of bar, which is the SX Race Pro Taper bar, right? We talk about that a lot on the show. So this is the closest bend to that. It's a little bit lower, a little bit flatter, has a little bit more sweep, but it's very close to the SX race band. So that is why I chose it. I put it on the YZ450F over the weekend, and I hammered down some motos. So first things first, the first thing that I noticed about this handlebar is its vibration or lack of vibration character. It dampens a lot of vibration and harmonics through the handlebar. You will not get as much feedback to your hands. I mean, it's actually better than a Pro Taper bar in this category. It takes away a lot of vibration, and I don't get that uh, tingling sensation at times in the middle of my palm because it takes away a lot of that vibration. So for those of you guys who are on a KTM, you guys know what I'm talking about. That sucker vibrates a little bit more than aluminum frame motorcycles, and if you're still on that stock neck and bar, this Renthal Fat Bar 36 is going to be way better than that bar right there. The second thing I noticed is there's two flex characters to this handlebar, up and down and fore and aft. So fore and aft, I'm pulling back on the handlebars. I'm trying to loft my front end over square edge, uh, rough parts of the track, hitting braking bumps, that kind of thing. The fore and aft movement of the bar is the best feeling um, that I have ever felt in a rental handlebar. It flexes more. Like I said, it, I don't get a lot of that jolt coming through my hands. Much better than a twin wall and a fat bar. The twin wall is atrocious 
Honestly, don't know how you guys even ride with that thing unless you cut the crossbar, which some of you guys do. But man, the twin wall is a stiff feeling handlebar. I don't care what Adam Cincerello says. There's no way I could ride with that thing because I'd be getting arm pump or hand cramps ASAP. So this Fat Bar 36 is much better in the fore and aft area than a current Fat Bar. But up and down, pushing up and down, slamming into jump faces or jumping out to flat, up and down movement is still as stiff to me like a Fat Bar. So I don't notice any major improvements there. So like I said, there is a couple positives to this handlebar. Do I notice the half a pound weight? No. Okay, and I'm a pretty sensitive test rider, and I don't notice uh, the weight while I'm riding. Of course, you're going to notice it when you go put it on. It feels like a damn mountain bike bar when you go put it on. But um, on the track, I don't feel anything uh, major when it comes to having a half a pound loss of weight up high on the bike. I don't, I don't see that big of a change. So it's up to you guys how much money you want to spend. But as far as Renthal products go, this is the best Renthal handlebar that they have out right now to me simply because of the flex character. I'm 42 years old. I need some flex. I need a little bit of give because my joints aren't 20-year-old joints. My bones aren't 20 years old. I need some feeling on the track. Um, one, one point that I do want to make, and maybe you guys will never feel this, but the reason why pros and top guys go to solid bar mounts instead of rubber-mounted um, bar mounts I would say most of them. I would say all of them. But most of them run solid mounts because of the positive uh, front-end connection that they get when they're on extreme lean, lean angle, and they're coming into corners or they're plowing into ruts or berms. They have more of a positive feeling because that bar isn't flexing in their, in their arms and their hands as much as a solid mount. Us normal folk out there that ride n- not as near as those dudes need a little bit more flex and don't notice that movement when we go to plow into a rut. Sometimes I do feel that when I go to a solid mount. I just don't go to a solid mount enough to really compare. But now that I have gone to this handlebar, which is a little bit stiffer up and down and has a different flex character fore and aft, and going to the Renthal bar mounts, that I still use the stock rubbers on a YZ450F. So considering it is still a rubber-mounted bar mount, I do know that that Renthal material, the mount itself, is stiffer than a stock YZ450 bar mount. I do notice a little bit more positivity in the front end on the YZ leaning into a rut. When the rut is established and I'm really pushing that front tire in, I can really tell that I have a little bit of a, a, a added positive feeling when I'm pushing into the rut. So... There is a little bit of a benefit there going to a stiffer bar mount, but I just wanted you guys to know that because I did notice it a little bit, but chances are (laughs) that you guys are not going to notice it that much unless you're super sensitive like me. So um, again, Renthal did a great job with their handlebar. Is it better than a Pro Taper? To me, I I would say no. A lot of these guys saying, hey, what's better? What should I go to? If you have no problem with your current bar, don't stress on this. But if you're looking for a better Renthal bar and you're a Renthal guy, by all means, it's worth the money because it actually will move a little bit and give you some give, which most of us need out there. So uh, don't stress on it too much. If you guys are running a Pro Taper or whatever bar and you guys seem to be happy, it's not life-changing. It's not going to be like, holy shit, I need to go to this bar now. You know, it's going to be almost 300 bucks. So just continue living your life, calm down, chill down. And if you guys got a new bike and you're a Renthal guy, really take a look at this Fat Bar 36. has a lot of cool technology and uh, some things that you guys could appreciate if you're in that market. Moving on to the KX250, guys. Kawasaki did a great job in 2020 to make this bike a little bit quicker. They didn't do anything to the chassis per se, but there is a lot of changes to this engine that make it better mid to top end. Bottom end's always been pretty good on a Kawasaki. They lost a little bit of bottom end for 2020, but I will say it wasn't so much to where I felt like, oh man, this is this is a 
backwards step for Kawasaki because the free revving feel, the mid to top end pulling power that you get out of this bike, I like this bike a lot. If there was, it's in the top three for my picks and 250Fs. I know I didn't do a 250F shootout this year. You guys are tripping out on that. Uh, we had some little bit of changes going on when that was going down. I was going to Racer X. So don't worry. In 2021, we are going to have a 250 and a 450 shootout. But just like in life, some things happen. I just really couldn't get to it at that time. So I really wanted to hone in and try to get your guys' 250Fs better. Hence, that's why we're doing this podcast. So if you guys are in the market, you want to lose two pounds, FMF stainless steel aluminum 4.1 muffler system is one of the top five mods. Why? Because you're losing a little bit of weight and you're increasing your mid-range RPM response, pulling power, and top-end pulling power as well. The beauty of it is you're not losing that much bottom-end torque feel. That's always key here, right? That is the reason why Yamaha YZ250F is the king in the 250F class because of the torque feel. The KX is pretty damn good down low. Not as good as a Yamaha, but pretty damn good. So adding this muffler doesn't kill that. And when you go to an ECU remap, which we'll talk about here next, that will also bump up your torque feel. So bolting on this 4.1 stainless, and I chose a stainless because it's less money. It's not as costly as tie. And also, just FYI, stainless slip fit joint. So when you have a joint that doesn't have a copper gasket or a sleeve, they're just going into each other, slip fitting, okay? Hence the word slip fit. The stainless systems last longer. The joints last longer. Titanium will get looser, they'll rattle, and they won't last as long as stainless. So if you don't care about how cool your muffler looks, purple and all the things that titanium does to make it look beautiful, and you're just looking for a cost-effective way to increase a little bit of power on your KX250, go to the stainless system. FMF's done a great job. I kind of had some feedback on this system early in its stage. Uh, we went back to a couple different versions of this, and this is the one they drove home and drove forward. So this is actually the consumer version, and I really like this. So I have tried other mufflers. I uh, recently have tried a Pro Circuit as well as a Yoshimura, and to me, this FMF just had increased mid-range feel than all the others that I've tried. So good system by FMF. You can go check those guys at fmfracing.com. And as you guys know, we talked about the ECU setting. If you go to keyforinktesting.com, top five mods for the 2020 KX250, you will see the ignition and fuel maps that I have up there. So going to this map, what is it going to do? You're going to get a little bit more torque. Uh, you're going to increase the free feeling. So I know some of you guys asked me, what is a free revving feel um, supposed to feel like to me when I'm on the track? But before you guys change it, if you guys have that Kawasaki calibration tool, which you guys need, and I know it's 600 bucks to get. And if you guys don't have that, simply borrow one from your dealership or you can borrow your buddies. Hopefully your dealership is cool enough, but they, they have one and they'll do it for you. So um, take a screenshot or a copy of the fuel maps that I have on my website and go do that. But that free feeling is going to give you less pitching when you're off throttle. If you're riding deep conditions, you left throttle, it's going to pitch a little bit. And also the KX250 doesn't have a lot of engine braking compared to a YZ250F or a KTM, but... This will kind of calm your chassis down a little bit more because there's less engine braking um, than what the stock map comes with. So it just helps chassis calm down when you're on D-cell. It increases the torque a little bit, and it gives you more mid-range punch. The downside to this ECU setting will be a little bit less over-rev, but it allows you to short shift and get out of the corner, and you can you know, get back in that third gear sooner which I can appreciate on this bike. This bike does not pull third gear like a YZ250F, so you will have to use second gear, no matter the gearing changes, and we'll talk about that as well. But even when you do change the gearing, you still have to downshift to second. I think it's pretty cool that simply changing your ECU can really make a huge difference to your motorcycle, especially with these new four-strokes. Um, it is a bummer that Kawasaki makes you pay for the calibration tool, 600 bucks but nonetheless this is a very simple 
if you guys can get one, a free modification. So hopefully you guys can find a KX calibration tool, put this map in, and enjoy your life. Nothing is like a YZ250F, guys. It's going to be hard to roll third gear and corners on this. Um, this which leads me to gearing. 1351 is what I've been doing. 1350 is stock. The reason why I go to a 1351 with this ECU setting is I can get into third gear sooner. And with this ECU setting along with the 51 tooth rear sprocket, a.k.a. Jody Special, is that I can pull third gear longer. In theory, when you add a tooth to the rear sprocket, it'll pull less, okay? You'll get a hard-hitting pull, but then it'll sign off earlier when you add teeth to the rear sprocket. But what you're getting out of that ECU setting is more pulling power. So simply shifting into third gear earlier and letting that sucker eat a little bit longer will make your life a lot easier if you're a vet rider or even if you have a kid that's a C-class rider. It just allows for those riders to be a little bit lazier and just really use third gear more because no matter if you guys are in a 450 class or 250 class, third gear, if you guys can run third gear most of the track, and I know this is not everyone because all the tracks are different, but third gear is your happy gear. Third gear is like the gear that's just friendly with everybody. You have one of those friends out there that just, man, this guy is just friends with everyone. Uh, everyone likes this guy. Everyone knows a guy like that. Well, that's third gear. That's that guy in your transmission. Third gear is a happy gear. It calms the chassis down. It allows the rider to be lazy, and it makes you guys go fast. So 1351 gearing is my recommendation. It's an easy modification to do. And simply put, you guys want to be able to go as fast as you guys can with less possible work. So just try this gearing. Going to a 110 rear tire. Come stock with a 190-19. Going to a 110-90-19. Okay, so what does that do to this bike? Why do some manufacturers put 100 rear size tires on there? Well, one is cost because I've been a part of the production process. I know how much added cost. I think it's a little bit more money, maybe less than a dollar or close to it going to a 110. Okay, so when you add that up over the cost of you know, how many motorcycles they're making, that becomes a lot of money. And also, weight. These manufacturers want to keep weight down, so they go to a 100, and that, on paper, is less weight, so it looks good for them in the marketing stage of their life, right? Well, a 110 is not going to bog down this KX250 at all. Going to a 110 will help your lean angle traction, get you more connection to the rear wheel, and make you accelerate harder out of corners. Getting a little bit more contact patch. You guys listened to Pulp MX last weekend. You hear me talking about this. It's very important to be able to feel the ground. And having a 110 on a 250F is fine. You guys email me. Hey, can I put a 110 on? Yep, no problem. Not a big deal. Even if you have a 1.85 rim, you can put a 110 on that. Not a big deal. Go ahead. Doesn't matter. So get a 110 rear tire on there. Get a little bit more lean angle out of corners. Get a little bit more contact patch. Get some more rear wheel feel. I approve of this message very much. For those of you guys wondering which tire to go to, you've got several good rear tires out there for motocross. You've got a Dunlop 33. You guys know I hate, I hate the 33 front, but a 33 rear is decent. You have a Pirelli MX32. Great carcass feeling on that tire that tire has great carcass feel when you hit square edge it's a soft and supple feel you get a little bit more cushion with that rear tire also hoosier mx25 another great cushion tire will not last you as long as these other two that i'm talking about but will get you a lot of traction and a lot of comfort again not going to last you as long as a pirelli or dunlop and the bridgestone Still kind of on the fence with that, but uh, for sure a Dunlop or Pirelli is the way I would be looking. And uh, if you guys are a Hoosier fan, no problem. Just be ready to buy a rear tire within every 8 to 10 hours because they will chunk. So go, in, go ahead and go to a 110 rear tire. And the last thing, it's pretty simple, like I wanted to talk to you guys about a lower bar. Uh, Kawasaki still uses a 7 eighths bar 
Not hating on that. No problem. I still approve of that. I like that. It flexes. No hate comms on a 7 8 bar. But 971 band, which is like a 997 twin wall band, it's a little bit tall. Carmichael band. Old school. They need to evolve that band at least. I go to a 983. That is a 7 8 Renthal bend. 983. And that's more like a Villapoto Stewart bend, a little bit lower, a little bit flatter, and just kind of makes that cockpit a little bit more current. It doesn't feel like you're riding in the seat and have these ape hanger of a bars. It kind of flattens that front end out a little bit and just makes you more level on the bike so you can come into your corners better. At least for me, I'm almost six foot and I like that 983 bend. So do some due diligence. You can check that bar measurement out and then kind of correlate that with your favorite bar. I'm not saying you guys got to go buy a 7 8 bar, but if you guys are going to an oversized bar, look for a bar band that's around the 983 or the Villapoto Stewart band because that seems to be a really good rider triangle feel for that KX250 and the KX450. When we have Joe in here, we'll talk about that, but I like that band. Um, I'm still running a 7 8 bar on the bike, so um, yeah, for sure, I would... Definitely look into keeping a 7.8 bar, especially if you're an older rider. I know if you guys crash, it's going to bend a little bit easier, but don't stress on that. If you crash that hard, I think you're not going to be stressed on spending $79 on a 7.8 bar. So just look into that. A little bonus tip here for you guys. The KX250 clutch isn't that great. I know some of you guys aren't hard on clutches. I'm not hard on clutches, but I do drag it from time to time. And it does feel like it's constantly slipping when it gets just a little bit hot. So going to a Henson full clutch, um, I've noticed that I have a little bit more bottom end and connection to uh, the rear tire out of corners. And it never seems to slip. So it makes the bike feel a little bit faster from exit of corners to halfway down the straightaway. And your clutch is going to last a little bit longer. So... Some of you guys think out there, oh, it's just a clutch. How's it going to improve my performance, um, you know, bottom in wise or mid range? It it really does. Having a good clutch that doesn't slip because you guys don't know how much an actual stock clutch slips when you're under load. When you're under load, aggressive and on the throttle, your clutch is binding and slipping, um, especially the KX250. So you're having a different clutch system that has a little bit tighter tolerances, better plates, and a little bit more surface area. Okay, you're going to get a better feeling motorcycle. So a little bonus tip there. Look into a Henson full clutch system. That is the most expensive out of all these mods. But that thing will last you longer than the lifespan of your motorcycle. So, And, of course, you don't have to change out plates every 10 to 15 hours. It'll probably last you up towards 20 hours. So it'd be a good investment for you guys out there. Commercial time. Stay tuned. Don't change the station. This is a station, by the way. Lots of deals inside these commercials. Listen to them. This podcast is all about Kawasaki's, right? So if you guys want a good deal on a KX250 or 450, hit me up, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com. The guys over at Power Motorsports, good dudes. They're in Oregon. They can even ship bikes to you. Great deals. You will not find a better deal in North America. I promise you. Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com. I will get you in touch with someone over at Power Save yourself some money on that Kawasaki. All-American Chevrolet in Killeen, Texas is a proud supporter of Kiefer Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Kiefer Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. Are you an older guy? You still like to go racing like me? And you want longer motos? Go to OregonOldTimers.com. No, they just don't go to Oregon and race. They go to Arizona, Glen Helen, Mesquite, Montana, Hangtown, Washougal, even British Columbia. I'm going to hit up two or three of these suckers next year. Ride. Bring your kids. They have a support class. It's a great time. I'm going to be there. Go camping. It's a good vibe. 
Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. If you have any questions, hit me up, Chris at Kieferink Testing, and I will help you out. See you guys there. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sports Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sports Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And, of course, they have oil, too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool, firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arctic Cat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Pro Taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyfring testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. All right, everybody. The second half of this thing, we're going to talk about the KX450 and the top five mods that my buddy Joe Aloff has performed on this thing. The KX450 was Joe's responsibility. I tried to... Um, as you guys know, I try to uh, hand out test bikes to responsible friends, such oh, as yourself. I'm responsible now. Yes. I mean, you are a fireman, America's hero, right? Uh, don't use that word. <laughs> that irritates the shit but, out of me. Uh, so you were in charge of the 2020 KX450. Originally, 
I gave it to you after I rode it on a couple hours and uh, figured the bike out. I originally had five one fork springs, and we did do an ECU remap via Kawasaki. And then I handed the bike off to you. You rode it a little bit, and you decided, okay, I need some certain things to make me happy because I was forcing you to go racing. So I guess if you guys want to call this the top five things in order to go race your KX450, I think that might be better. Yeah. You know? Because I don't think not everyone needs these things to go have fun on their KX450 because it's a a damn good bike stock. Yeah, I I liked it stock. I would say if you're just going to ride it, you know, weekend ride, practice rider, whatever, um, a few of these you probably wouldn't need, but I had to go racing, so I had to have uh, all this stuff on it. So, Which he are. never does, people. Like, he never usually has a lot of stuff on his bikes. I mean, you have a KTM. Doesn't got a lot of shit done to it, right? Mm. A pipe and some suspension. That's about it. Yeah. Yep. So um, to have five things on a motorcycle is very rare for you. So um, let's just take the first one out. We had a remap ECU on this KX450. If you guys want to go to keyforingtesting.com, that that map is up there. But Pro Circuit one up me. A little bit. Okay. What did it do? I wouldn't say one up. Just changed, changed around the power a bit, like the power delivery. For me, um, I'm a bit of a rever, so what I, what I wanted to do and what I tried to accomplish and and Pro Circuit did was make second a little more broad and usable. And then uh, I wanted to have third gear pick up uh, a little quicker. That's what I was looking for. And have the recovery time, recovery time when I shifted from like second to third or when I was in deep um, loamy soil, loamy soil, I could run third and the bottom end would pick up a little quicker. So recovery time is better with this remap than what I had in it. Yes. Okay. So, if you guys want to try something better than stock, you can go to the remap that's up on my website, or you want to one-up that, you can simply take your ECU off of your bike, send it in the Pro Circuit, they'll remap it, send it back, and you'll have what Joe has, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, second thing is, that stock muffler is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a big bazooka-looking son of a bitch, and... Yeah, it's it ugly, odd, it's loud. Odd shape, yeah. It's uh, it's better than the old 2018 muffler, I will say that. That thing was really a piece of crap, but this the 19 and up was a little better, but still, it's an atrocious-looking thing. Of course, I know there's a lot of pro-circuit pieces involved in this because you have a relationship with Bones. Yeah, yeah, I've had a relationship with pro-circuit for quite a few years, and um, it just makes it easier. I know... And what the, I want and what to ask for, and I know what I can get out of them. Well, let's face it, too. That out of all the manufacturers, Pro Circuit probably knows the best. I would assume it would be Kawasaki, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, you'd think. I mean, uh, I mean, I know they make good parts for a lot of things. I mean, I have a great muffler on my Yamaha from Pro Circuit, but like, if you think Pro Circuit, I'm going to go Kawasaki. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just easy. They've They've tried it. Even 450s, you know, obviously they don't have a 450 team, but a lot of those guys... Or some of their guys will ride a 450, so they get a bike that's a little better and make it a little better in stock for those guys. And uh, you know, they obviously know there's a multitude of things that they can do to it. But for what I wanted, I'm like, hey, I just need this, this, and this, and it's got to be quick. So they uh, help me dial that in. All right, muffler, you got a. It's a Tie Six. It's not a Tie Six Pro. So what did that? do change the engine character to your bike um i know when you say it beefed up the power everywhere people are like well because usually it's a give and take somewhere but um i did notice that it took the power characteristic of the bike and just gave it seems like a couple horsepower more everywhere okay like the bottom end was a little more responsive and um Pulled a little harder, you know, shifting to third. The recovery time was better. The mid-range pull was better. And then it did rev out also a little more on top, you know. And I'm I'm a guy that likes to rev things out. And right. so that's something that I look for. So it did just kind of beef up the power. And, and I know a lot of people don't believe me when I say that, but. No, I mean, I believe you. Like, if I would, I, yeah, I agree. And most 
instances that you will get a little bit more mid-range and top and lose a little bit of bottom or vice versa. Mm -hmm. We talked about the kicks, 250 in this. And for me, I lost just a touch of bottom and got more mid-range on the FMF system for the kicks, 250. So, mm -hmm. and you're telling me, I guess what's hard for me to believe is this is a production pipe. Mm -hmm. This is what they sell. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want these people listening to me like, oh, yeah, Joe got a special muffler, like a race team muffler or some shit, you know? No, no, I, I don't get that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, going in and talking to Mitch is, is not <laughs> oh. an enjoyable. It, it's enjoyable because he's he's Mitch and he's, you know, one of the legends in the sport. And for him to take time and talk to you is like, I feel bad, but he'll do that and take time to talk to you and then. So yeah, you know, we can we can give you this. So can I tell you a story real quick? Sure, I like stories. I have I've had a question for Mitch for 2 months. I've seen Mitch. I've been going to Supercrosses every weekend, right? And I've and I was on a plane with Mitch and he was right next to me and I was too scared to talk to him about my question. <laughs> I've seen him 3 times. Hey Mitch. Hey. Hey Mitch. Hey. Have a good weekend, Mitch. Thanks. I've haven't fucking said one word. I'm like so nervous around the dude for some reason and it's a muffler question and it's a legit question i just feel like i'm bothering him yeah i feel that way every time i go there and if i have to go talk to him or like the other day well, a couple months ago after the race i took there was a bunch of people at the shop that helped kind of get all this stuff together right. so i went and got like 10 10 in and out cards and gave it to that's people. cool like a couple guys in the service area help me, you know. There's the, the girls up front, the guys up front, um, you know. And I I gave one to Mitch, and he was porting on a cylinder, so I just walked back into you know the little engine room where he was doing. I'm like, hey, I just wanted to give you this. He's like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh shit. I'm like, uh, oh boy. I'm like fishing for something to say, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I I think I bothered your uh your therapy time. Is this your therapy time? Like porting on cylinders? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah, if, if it works. And I was like, okay, see ya. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. So, but he's he's a nice guy. He is. He'll take the time to talk to a guy like me, which is I think is cool. Um, but I, I feel the same way. I feel like I'm bothering him, and, and I don't want to bother him. And I just spent time with him upstairs. He doesn't take many people up there, and all his shit I've that he's never been up there. Okay, so I went up there with Steve and, and Weege, and, he, dude, he was talkative, nice, mm -hmm. but then... After that, I was like, oh, maybe I'm in. Maybe I can talk to him. I'm not, dude. <laughs> I'm not talking to him. Like, I'm out. So, yeah, yeah. so think, you're not, yeah. you're getting standard production PC I exhaust. I am getting, yeah, same stuff. And is the insert in or out? Uh, I tried it a couple different ways, uh, and I ended up leaving it in just because it, it gave me a little more response down low, uh, and I, I just kind of like that. It gave me a little more, you know, throttle connected to the rear wheel feel yep so that little back pressure you know helps with that and that's what i liked so and I that's the screen in. has a screen in it correct or did you take the screen off yeah it took the screen off okay so just the snout basically is what i call yeah. it yeah just that little bubble on the end of it that, that's the yeah and screen. i and you guys can do adler listening to this you guys can do it either way you can leave the screen in you can you can take it off but what he's talking about, the back pressure on the end piece is just, and you would think like it's no more than six inches long, if that. Mm -hmm. And just that little piece that you insert into the muffler really does help touch. So as soon as you get on that, that throttle, that touch is a little bit better because creating back pressure, like Joe said, and that connection is a little bit uh, better to the rear wheel. For me, I lose a little bit of pulling power up top with that. Um, but yeah. I don't mind that because I can short shift. I'm good with it. I don't care. I like to run third gear anyway, so it doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. And I know that you've been working on doing third gear stuff around the track. Been trying. And, that, and that's been working out okay for you? Yeah, it does. It's a little hard to do because I've been a second guy, clutch it, rev it, you know, all my life. So as I'm getting older, trying to be a little more efficient on the bike and a little smoother and easier on things. Did but you ride something... I refresh my memory here. Did you ride something recently? You said, Hey man, I can ride third gear way better in this bike than I can the Cowie. Was there something that you rode recently? Yeah, it was my the KTM. KTM. So you can actually run your third gear more on your KTM. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. 
So there's more torque there to pull you around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even after all the stuff that you've done to the Cowie. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Yeah. Kawasaki podcast. We're talking shit on it right now. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was good because it gave me, I think, you know, a couple ideas on stuff I wanted to try for the Cowie. So right. I think it's just, it's a matter of getting the right combination. Okay. Moving on. Henson clutch basket plates, everything, the whole system. Uh, yeah. Inner and outer basket. Um, obviously pressure plate and uh, the cover, obviously. And then uh, I got also their plates and fibers. So this is one of my top, I would say, six. There's five on the 250, but I gave a bonus tip. Uh-huh. And on the KX250, it really helps connection. It helps it under load because I feel like it slips. Same thing with the 450. Exactly. Yeah. Better engagement, better positive feel and engagement, better... There's like that drag with the stock one. It's yeah. not really slipping, but it's like a drag. Yeah, that's a better word for and it, it drag. It's like a, you know, what the Henson one is, is that instant connection and instant like traction feel. And then obviously the, the durability is, you know, right. One, and one I of think that's a huge part of it too. Like, mm-hmm. I know you, you're a clutcher. I'm a clutcher. And uh, you look at Eli, his bike's smoking on lap two. Yeah. So he's a clutcher. He's a clutcher. <laughs> so uh, I like it. This uh, this Henson system is more of a durability piece than a than a performance piece, but there is a little portion of that that helps performance, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. All right. I can't believe this is on your top five. <laughs> I knew it. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, extra clamps. Like it's, yep. it's amazing to me. Like This actually is helping you do something. So I'm going to sit back. I'm going to listen to this because I'm just... I'm just a fan listening to a podcast about extra clamps. Go on now. <laughs> okay. I can almost guarantee you'll chime in at some point and say something smart. No, ass. just a fan. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. All right. So extra clamps. I was on the fence. Bones came to me and said, hey, I can get you some extra clamps. You know, who's going to turn that down? I'm going to try them at least. Me. Yeah. Kiefer will. <laughs> I like stock. Everything I do is stock. Stock is best. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Extra clamps, though, seriously, like... So a little bit more of a positive feel for you. Yeah, I was worried. I was worried in the beginning they'd be too stiff, and because um, you do get some flex with the stock ones, right? Especially like some diving into, yep. yeah, some diving into some like corners hard that are whatever. You'll get a little flex, and then that just makes the the front end kind of feel a little floaty and vague in mm-hmm. some instances. Right. So I tried them, and I was like I said, nervous about them being you know stiff. And we tried them at Glen Helen, and what it did give me was a, a more positive feel and more connection to the track in the front end. Okay. And it also take, took away some of, like, that spiky feel you'll hit, like when you hit square edges that develop at 4 o'clock, you know, at Glen Helen. Like or those. any hard-packed track with yep. square edge bumps. Um, any of those ridges, it just kind of gave, like, a... Smoother feel? Smoother, softer feel. Okay. But had the front end, you know, stay planted and more positive, more um, like less vague. Right. I'm like, okay, I know the front end's going to stick here. So it was better in all those aspects. I didn't really. Any negatives to this? No, I couldn't find any negatives. And I just, I went and um, I never, I didn't, I didn't uh, try the different uh, elastomer. Okay, yeah, right. Any of that? Yeah. I just went with On the like, PHDS mounts. Yes. I just, PDHS or PHDS? Progressive Handling. Yeah, it's PHDS. Progressive yeah. Handling Dampening System. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. So anyway, like they that. with that system, with the mounts, they give you yeah, different Yeah, I, I never did try that. I just started with like middle of the road. Yep, yellow. and Yeah, yellow and stayed mm-hmm. with that. I, never, I didn't. There is green. So green, I've tried green before and green's super soft. Yeah. And I've tried that on a ktm and i like that but um tight tracks like you're saying that positivity feel uh-huh. you feel a little bit more disconnect because it flexes too much okay but it does help dampening the for vibration a lot yeah so maybe something to think about not that's podcast but like ktm guys yeah because it vibrates a lot on a ktm you know so that yeah, could be good um interesting so what about offset standard offset then and oh i wasn't yeah oh you're not done i wasn't done yet oh sorry see you were supposed to sit back and listen you know and the cool factor oh here i felt fast i looked fast i felt fast just oh my god i know you're (laughs) fucking with me now because that's not even 
But honestly, they do look cool. They do. You uh, got it. You got it. They do look cool. No they hate comes on the look. They, they look, look good. Yeah. I mean, our you know our buddy David Martinez. I'm not going to talk trash. He gets so mad when we say something. <laughs> we talk about him. So I'm just going to skip over David Martinez. But they do look good. You can get them at Technical Touch. Correct. Yes. Technical Touch. I don't know the website offhand, but you just Google that Technical Touch USA, and they, they offer them. You can get them through there. Um, Rick Green, he's a good dude, and mm-hmm. he works in there, and uh, he's happy to help you out. So, shockingly enough, I'm usually not a clamp type of person on on I don't say most. I would say some bikes. Yamaha, I'm not a big clamp guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried them on Hondas, and they've helped. Um, obviously, Xtrig has has it down so maybe on the kawasaki and of course going on to the ktm and the husqvarna there's those factory edition clamps that are really good that yeah. are way better than stock so and some bikes accept clamps better than others that's what i'm trying to say yeah and like i said too this was kind of getting this bike set up for racing, racing right and I, and I tried them at Glen helen where i was going to race so i'm like well that feels everything that was going to feel good at Glen helen i was in so well, let's round this off lastly pro circuit suspension Mm-hmm. You said, okay, I'm going to go race. I need I need some better holdup. I put .51 springs in the front. Um, Kawasaki put a 5.2 on one side and left 5.0 on the other side. And then, of course, that makes it a 5.1. You said you need some more holdup. How much you weigh, reasons why you went, what did it do? Yeah, I I went to a 5.2. Um, I'm obviously a little, a little heavier. I'm probably 190, 195 pounds. And then um, with that stiffer spring in there, it holds up the suspension better. It doesn't get so far down in the stroke to where it gets harsh and stiff. So, you know, obviously if something's riding far down in the stroke, you lose however much of the travel. You get into that stiffer part of the stroke, and it doesn't... Yeah, let me add to that, too. So, And that could be confusing for you guys out there listening. You know, sometimes you guys are out riding your dirt bike, and you're like, ah, Kiefer, my stuff's too stiff. Well, it could right. be too soft. Right, because you could be deep already into that mid-stroke where the where the valving starts to ramp up, right? Yep. And now you're like, I'm just in that stiff portion. Well, I've been with enough on uh, <laughs> enough tests that I thought I was going to go the wrong way, and the engineers are smarter than me, obviously, and told me to raise my fork up, and it got better. So that's basically what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And especially on a track like Glen Helen, that's got a lot of you know, obviously the downhill loads. Um, the loads in the valleys going up, you know, anytime you get into softer dirt, rutted dirt, where the front end, you know, takes a lot of, you know, pressure and load on the front end, um, that's where you need it to hold up. And I would always do the same thing. Anytime testing with bones, ah, it feels stiff. And he'd go, okay. And I would watch him, and he would go stiffer. And I'm like, why sure is he going that? stiffer? <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? He's like, and he gives me a look, and I'm like, okay, I'm an I'll idiot. Up, I'll just yeah. go ride now. And then uh, it's better. And okay. so after you do that a couple of times, you're like, okay, I get it. It makes sense. If you're right. not down in that stiff part of the stroke, it, it feels better. And you, you went back and forth on a spring on the shock, correct? Um, or you went back and forth on valving. Yeah. I know you went back to a stock shock at one point and then we're back and forth for a little bit. So what yeah. did you end up finding out? Still trying that. Um, we, we were actually a little too stiff. I think we went maybe five, four springs initially. Okay. Um, and then I forget the spring rate on the shock, but I went down. You went five, four on the fork. I maybe. Yeah. I think that's what you were saying at the beginning of when you said, Hey man, my fork, when you originally, when they gave it to you, like, it's a little bit too stiff, deflecty. And they went back down to five to you're like, Oh my gosh, it's way better. Yeah. Yeah. We did that for sure. And then I think we dropped and I, and I think it was set up on my weight too. So, like, you know, obviously there's a weight range. Oh, right. if you weigh this much, you get this spring rate, blah, blah, blah. So we did that, and I think, and like I said, more of my focus was getting it ready for, like, Glen Helen-type track and a couple area uh, tracks I rode that were harder, obviously, are harder dirt in California. Right. Um, I needed a little softer feel. So right. I went back down to the 5.2 on the, on the, the forks. I'm not sure, so I don't want to misspeak on the spring rate, but I did drop down one spring rate from where we went, and I think it was back down to what comes stock. Okay, so stock spring rate on the yeah, shock. stock spring rate. Which makes sense because it is a little bit of a heavier spring on the on the Cowie. So, and you can get 
the right amount of sag being a heavier guy on the stock spring. So yeah, makes sense. So we did that. It's still kind of messing with it. It still would ride a little bit low. So I had to kind of mess with both uh, low speed and high speed compression and, and got the right combination on that. And uh, it seemed to work. Well, let me ask there. you this for the people out there listening. Okay. And they're thinking about doing suspension to their kx for 50. I know how good that stuff works. Yes, it's soft. But what can they expect to get when they get their stuff valved at Pro Circuit? And, okay, hey, I'm going to send my stuff in. I'm getting it back. What is going to be better about that versus stock? Give me your opinion. Um, my opinion on it is the spring rates are going to be right for you. Um, you know, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. And it's something you're going to be able to get back, um, especially like with the, the stock Cowie shock. Uh, unless you're super light, you're going to need a stiffer spring rate. They're just too soft. They ride, like we're saying, down far in the stroke. Oh, the fork spring, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Did I say shock spring? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I meant fork spring. But um, you're going to get that, and then you're going to get something that's very close to what you wanted. Now, you are going to have to go out and ride it, set your sag, obviously, um, and then play with clickers a little bit. I think everybody assumes that once they go send their stuff out to anyone whether it be pro circuit race tech race tech um anyone com. <laughs> yeah anyone that they're going to get it and just slap it on and you're good to go well it's not necessarily the case you know they get a range and and yeah you know, it's, a, it's a it's a baseline setting that they have right, right? baseline setting and then okay this is going to be ballpark for right. you so you just have to, and it's hard to do because I I was always like this, and I know most people that go out and ride, they just want to go ride. But if you take a day and go and click, you know, turn them in, turn them out, whatever. Feel it around, right? And you get to know and, and feel what's what those adjustments do, then it's going to help you in the long run setting that up. Say, oh, okay. Now I know that the bike feels like this. It felt good on this track, but it feels a little weird on this different track. So I know if I you know, go in stiffer or whatever, right. it's going to hold up in the stroke and I'm not going to get this harsh feel or, you know, it feels like I can't dive into corners. It's staying up too high. I can go softer, you know, whatever it may be. So valving from Pro Circuit, you're getting a little bit more performance. What about comfort? Are you still, you think you're getting a better comfortable, I shouldn't say better comfortable, you're getting a more uh, comfortable ride going to Pro Circuit and getting it valved? Because I guess from my I guess from my point of view, being a test rider, there's a performance value and there's a comfort value. Most of the time, when I'm in race mode and I'm going to get my suspension done, my comfort value goes down a little bit and my performance level goes up. So for the average guy that races occasionally, he wants a little bit more performance, but still wants to keep that comfort. You feel like you still have enough comfort in that valving spec that you have, and that actually has raised your performance level up. I think so. Yeah, because as as you get used to a bike and as you ride it more, you're inherently going to ride it faster. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. So once you ride it faster, you know, what may have worked the first week you had it, you know, because it was all soft and supple and, and all this, the feeling you had and comfort, oh, it feels great. And then you start riding harder and harder. And people are like, well, maybe it's just getting soft. worn out yeah. or whatever. Oil breaks down, whatever. That's a little bit of it. But right. I think more of it is you ride it more. You're more used to it. You know how it's going to react, so you're, you're pushing it a little further. So that's, you know, when you go send something out to get it revalved, I think that is part of it. Right. Once you get it revalved, then you're like, okay, now you can take this. You could ride it to this point with stock stuff. Mm -hmm. Now you can take it further. And that's a good, good point. I didn't even think about that. You ride something so long, you get used to it, you get comfortable, you push the limits, and now you get your suspension back from Pro Circuit. You might have to try to remain at that level. You try to maybe go down a level and you're not riding it as, as fast. Maybe that doesn't work as good. There's a window, I always like to say, yeah, in stuff. Then that's why I really like the Cowie and the Yamaha stock because there's a, a fairly wide size window to make this suspension work good at a wide variety of tracks. We yeah. call that track toughness. A lot of track toughness in these bikes. So in order to get your stuff customized, a.k.a., valved from pro circuit that window might narrow and it doesn't matter like you said it could be pro circuit it could be race tech but it's more customized for your weight and how you're going to ride in advance so just know that a lot of people say hey man i'm going to send my stuff to race tech and 
I want more comfort. It, it's tough to do because you're, you're actually, to get comfort, you're going to have to sacrifice something which is in performance, which means you push it harder, it's going to ride lower, and it could be worse. So there's a fine line. Customized suspension, the window is, is narrower, just plain and simple. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. So they customized suspension for Joe for the race so he could push it and ride at that level. And if Joe's tired, and I don't know, I'm not I'm not I'm speaking for you kind of right here, but like yeah. you get tired, maybe it doesn't work as good because you're not riding to the potential. So Yeah, you're not pushing it. And it's that's, like when you hop on, say, another guy's bike. Oh, right. I got my suspension done. It feels so great. Well, obviously you're not comfortable and not you could have say you both have the same bike. Right. Went and bought them at the same time, got the same bars on it, everything feels the same. He got his stuff done. He thinks it's great. It's better. You hop on his bike. You're not as comfortable on his bike. There's little things that are different. Right. So you ride it, and you're probably riding it maybe 85% or whatever, not 100%. It doesn't feel as good. Right. Until you get used to it, ride it a little bit longer, longer, maybe a week or whatever, and you're like, oh, okay, I can push it into that window instead of, like you said, that window being so broad. Right. Now it's a little bit narrowed. Yeah, you have to push it and get it into that window where it works. And also, you got to know yourself too, people listening to this. Know what kind of rider you are. If you're the type of guy that's not in shape and goes racing and likes to race but wants to get a stuff valved, but hey, I have a 15 minute moto at the Over the Hill Gang race, but I'm tired in three laps. <laughs> know that, okay? So don't get your suspension built around a performance based setting where you're going to have to push. That's not going to help you. Know yourself. It's like getting in a relationship. Know who you're getting involved with. Know yourself. Hey, man, I'm going to be out of shape. I'm not planning on getting in shape, so I would like my stuff a little bit firmer, but don't make it so firm where I'm going to be all jacked up after three laps because I'm tired and I can't ride to that level. There's a happy medium. So more feedback you give to these guys, Pro Circuit, Race Tech, the better your stuff will be. And like Joe said, it, it will help. I would say for me, and if I'm putting in a percentage gain, it's a 20% advantage to get your stuff valved. 20% may not like sound like much, but in racing conditions, it's a lot. So just know what you got to tell them, dial them in. The more information that you can give them, the better your chances will be that your bike will handle better. So that's what we got to say about that. All mm -hmm. right, those are the five things from Joe. Cakes, for anything else, little extra tidbits we need to know about this bike? Um... No, I, I did well, – I guess we can talk about the mounts. I did put the FCP mounts on it. Right, you were back uh, and forth with that, right? Yeah, and, and, and I did ride them at Glen Hill, and I thought they were, were better there. The chassis, Cowie chassis is really, really good. So I think there's even a, a very small window to improve that chassis. Right. And, and on certain tracks, hard pack, choppy, the way Glen Helen gets on vet weekend day. I thought those clamps worked better. Now, you know, once we rode out in the desert, when we got some rain, we we're on some uh, sand tracks, sand whoops, softer dirt. I think stock was better. Stock was better. Yeah, because we got into a little bit of you know g you know getting into those g outs in between whoops, and it would get a little wallow feel and kind of unload. So yeah, just know when the, when you go to these mounts like that, it's customizing tracks. Um, a lot of times when these guys develop the mounts, either A, they don't, they just put them together and and sell them, or they test at certain tracks. So they're going to be good at the tracks that they test at. You go to a different area, maybe the bike doesn't work good. That's the beauty about stock stuff. Stock stuff has been uh, tried and true through the manufacturer around all different kinds of tracks. Japan, America, Kawasaki has test riders out here. They go to all different kinds of tracks. So... That's the benefit, I would assume, versus aftermarket, just in that situation. So yeah. um, if you're looking to customize, awesome. Maybe, maybe that's going to work. And so. I think, too, it, it, you know, maybe you there are chassis and certain bikes that would benefit from them for, on most areas. And maybe if you're, a, say, you know, a vet rider that's, that's riding at a certain pace and you're not going to push that chassis into that window where it works really good. Right. And you need a little bit softer, supple feel then maybe those mounts will work for you. All so. right. Well, those are the top five mods for the 2020 KX250 and 450. If you have any questions about this podcast or about these parts that we picked, you want to yell at Joe, call bullshit on what he's talking about, 
Joe doesn't have an email, so I guess guess where that goes. Chris at yeah. keyforinktesting.com. Bitch at me, complain at me. You know, positivity is welcome too. Sometimes, too, yeah, yeah, you know, there's too much whining going on in the world. I ain't got time for that shit. So <laughs> you can all, send that stuff. to I'll Chris. take the bullets over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll got. Um, we'll be back next week with a, a little bit of a different podcast, Joe. Maybe you'll like this. Oh boy, being over forty, trying to stay in shape. How does that get done? That's what we're going to talk about next week, Joe. Ooh, that's a tough one. Will you listen to that one? I will. <laughs> that sounds like bullshit. He ain't listening. <laughs> I, I ain't listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. Don't forget to support the advertisers that support this show. Go to keyforingtesting.com and click the Rocky Mountain ATVMC link. Help us out. We appreciate it. See you next week.